Conversations with prominent pastors, teachers, and leaders. This is the Pastor Well Podcast from Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Now your host, Dr. Herschel York. Hello and welcome to Pastor Well. This is Herschel York. I'm the Dean of the School of Theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, and pastor of the Buck Run Baptist Church in Frankfurt. Pastor Well is dedicated to helping those who serve the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ be faithful in ministry. And uh, we love to have uh, great Christian leaders and preachers and teachers on Pastor Well. Uh, we couldn't get anybody in that category today. So we've got uh, Kevin Ezell, the president of the North American Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention. I say that jokingly because uh, he, this guy and I tease each other an awful lot. Uh, we are uh, dear friends going back a long way. And uh, all kidding aside, welcome uh, Dr. Kevin Ezell to Pastor Well. Glad you're here. Hey, I'm thrilled to be here. I know you're just trying to widen your uh, base. You have D.A. Carson. Now, me on the other extreme, you have a <laughs> Kevin Ezell. The, yeah. re- the redneck side. of Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how much you and D.A. Carson have in, co- in common, but <laughs> you're different uh, guys. You know, I do want to talk about this. <laughs> you are a different kind of preacher hmm. uh, than most guys I know. Yeah. Uh, let me just sort of tell the setup, and then I'm going to ask you a little bit about your background. Um, when Tanya and I left uh, Ashland Avenue Baptist Church in 1997 and moved to Louisville, Right. You were in had completed about one year as pastor of the Highview Baptist Church where you were you were serving there. All right. And we joined there and you were my pastor for about uh seven years. Right. Started discipling in, now look where you are. Yeah, that's right. You did a, did a great job. Thank you. <laughs> uh now here's the thing. Uh ha, tell me how you how how do you see yourself as a preacher? Not very good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I all right. First of all, I knew that was going to be your answer. You really are a very good preacher. Uh, you you go about it differently than I do, but you're you're you are a different preacher. But here's the thing that shocked me about you at Highview. You so you, I would say you are a fantastic leader, and I think you would say that's your strength too. When you, it's my it's my strength. Yeah, yeah you're. So you see yourself as a, 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 a very accomplished leader. You see yourself as not as good of a preacher right. and a Bible teacher. Right. So what did you do at Highview to shore up that weakness? I surrounded myself with the very best um, communicators I could find. All right. That is the stunning thing. All right. I, who you had right. preaching around you and with you at Highview. Right. Al Mohler. Right. Russell Moore. Right. Um, Danny Aiken, right? Tom Rayner, Tom Rayner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I preached Hershey the eleven York. o'clock service for three years. Right. Uh, th- I'm going to say there aren't many preachers that would first of all have the guts to do that, right? And secondly, uh, would be able to do it and still maintain right. their leadership. Well, you throw Jimmy Scroggins in there as That's well. That's right, Jimmy Scroggins, He's our student minister, was your student minister. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Scroggins, pastor, one of uh, the Southern Baptist Convention's largest churches, and, mm. and he's an incredible leader himself now. So you were surrounded by great preachers, teachers, and leaders, and yet you you were always in control. You were you were never out of control. How how did you do that? Well, no, it was a lot. It's a lot of fun. I wanted the very best for my people, you know, and so 
my word, if I thought a videotape of Adrian Rogers would have done the trick, I'd have done that too. I, I just really wanted them to be exposed to the very best. And to call it what it is, you have to you have to know who you are, be comfortable in your skin, and um, um, you know each of those guys are gifted in a very unique way. And the, the styles, even of those guys, are very different. Yeah, Our people are. loved it though, and they they never complained. And if you ever want to get to where they don't complain when you're gone, uh, surround yourself with six of the best communicators in North America, and they'll, they'll, people will greatly appreciate it. It's been fascinating that from those we just mentioned, guys that were members at Highview Baptist Church, yeah. or you as their pastor, are became presidents of yeah. a lot of Southern Baptist agencies, yeah. pastors of mega churches, and, just like we planned it in, that, in your yeah. basement, smoking cigars that night. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we plotted uh, the takeover of uh, evangelical Christianity. Yeah, they thought it was from Southern, but actually it's high view. Under it, was, the it was Kennedy's, yeah, <laughs> taking over all of it. Uh, yeah, well, those were great days. And Fantastic. they really, frankly, uh, you know, stepping out of the pastorate like I did at Ashton Avenue, right. coming there to high view, uh, it was a challenge for me not being in the pastorate for a while. But mm. you giving me an outlet was a great great blessing i'm still very grateful well you're kind and 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 you know this i mean god i believe providentially did that to provide a friend for me to walk through some of very challenging days i followed a pastor who had fallen morally after pastoring for over two decades in that church and it's very difficult for people to walk through it but to follow that is very challenging and uh and you and tanya are very uh you know some of those dearest friends we have and so uh, and and those times, my word, we look back all the time and laugh about some of those challenges. But but I I really believe I got you got sent you there for if nothing else to walk with us through. So we had some real friends to you, do. It you with. know, it's important to have friends in ministry, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's scary to trust people at times, but uh, but you have to. It's just not. It's just so much more fun uh, to be able to walk through the journey together, and and also. You know the hard times to have, uh, yeah. as you know, I, I call you all the time. Walk through things. You you can't vent to your people sometimes that, uh, that because sometimes they're the source of your grief, right? And sometimes there are things in your life that you you don't want their pity. You, you right. You can't just open up, but to have someone else who's a friend in ministry who has been through similar things and you can yeah. sort of vent to each other and yeah. pray to each other and. It's important, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's important to have somebody that you don't have to explain. You know, you don't have to worry about how they're going to interpret it uh, or how they're going to take it. They just they they love you uh, with warts and all. Yeah, and uh, it, you know that's an incredible blessing. I've learned that more and more. You know, even recently, it's just it's just so helpful uh, to be able to, as you walk through life, not to not to go it alone. And do you, you do you think? Preachers in general and specifically uh, leaders of large institutions and churches, do you think they have a challenge developing friendships? Oh, absolutely. I think things like social media don't, they don't make it any it's, – it's easier for people to throw bombs and run, you know. Yeah. Um, and so absolutely. It's just – it's very challenging out there, you know, for the, the smallest, minute type of uh, – uh, critic can try to get the largest, you know, bang for something, and and uh, it's it's more of a vulture 
Um, I hate to yeah. say it, it sounds like I'm so negative, but every day it's just like people are looking for gotcha moments. They are. For anything and everything. And so you're and just. And often in the name of Jesus. Oh my gosh, in a very pious, sanctum. Oh, it's uh, yeah. just disgusting to watch yeah, and read. It, it is hurtful sometimes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not bitter at all about it. <laughs> Well, when you when you lead a large organization like you do, yeah. I mean, you're going to be open to that. Oh yeah, and you, you're going to get hit. People are going to second guess you. Yeah, but how, let's not talk about my mother. Okay. <laughs> how have you how have you dealt with it? How you long know, have you been at the North American Mission Board? I've been there uh, eight years and eleven months, two weeks. Yeah, uh, but who's counting? <laughs> and so how how's how's it been? What have been the challenges of it? Uh, that, that public aspect. No, it's been it's been a, a learning experience. You know, when I was pastor, uh, there was not a problem or an issue. I didn't feel like I couldn't solve at Cracker Barrel. You know, meet yeah. me tomorrow morning, six o'clock, and let's talk through it. And uh, it was easier to do that. Denominationally, um, because it's all over North America. And, um, you know, some of the things I did not anticipate, you know, the lack of integrity of many people I have to deal with. Um, that's the part I didn't anticipate. And uh, it's just much easier in the church in one sense, uh, because you, you know, you, you, people knew yeah. you. And you it's all them. relational. It's all relational. Yeah. And so now, you know, I, I was not used to people second guessing my character, not knowing me and then trying to guess what I'm trying to do or have yeah, some ulterior motive. Yeah. yeah, that's the kind of thing that wore me out at first. It still bothers me a bit at times just because, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't have to be that way. But uh, I, I, it's gone. It's gotten better. I still prefer pastoring. If I could, yeah, and but I really feel called to do what I'm doing. But uh, pastoring is a far higher call. Now, the ironic thing is, you're an incredibly relational person, uh, and I, I see you with people. I often envy you mm. because I'm more of an introvert. You're you seem to be an extrovert. You you're great with people. Mm. So you have built relationships. Uh, the way you have led is you, you really build a network of relationships. Yeah. It makes it, makes it hard when you're in a denominational position where you're kind of in the, you know, corner office over there. You don't, and you're isolated, uh, a lot. And as pastor, you, you, you aren't, you're constantly yeah. uh, out there and connecting to people. And so, and every Sunday you're going to get up, get to see your people. Yeah. Yeah. You get people, to see them. And if there's somebody strayed away from your heart a little bit. You're going to get that opportunity to pull them back in. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's what's hard. You know, when you're on the phone with somebody in Alaska or something trying to say, you know, okay, let me it just, it's hard to hang out yeah. on a FaceTime or a, a, you know, kind of zoom call. Now that goes way back with you. Tell, uh, you grew up where? Oh, well, I grew up, I'm from Kentucky in a small town in Kentucky. I was born in Germany. My dad was in the air force, uh, the U S air force. And and then uh, I grew up in a small town in Kentucky. In, uh, in Western my, Kentucky. In Western Kentucky. Uh, although in Kentucky, we don't say Western. We say West Kentucky. West Kentucky, right. It was Paducah, Kentucky. Yeah. And uh, my folks were very faithful. Uh, went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We drove by on Monday or Tuesday to see if anything was happening, you know. So we were always there. Uh, all right. Now, there's a story here. <laughs> I've got to have you tell. Uh, you, 
people don't know how gifted you are in so many different ways. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Your dad made an offer to you. Yeah. He'd pay you $5, $5 for every song you learned to play on the piano. Right? Piano, right. Mm. All right. Tell a story. You know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Tell, tell what happened. How many songs did you learn? Yeah, I learned four. And uh, so it only cost him 20 obviously. But uh, Amazing Grace, you know, How Great They Are. And then there is a fountain filled with blood. And then the fourth song, my, my uh, mom had bought me this uh, secular book. And, and so I was looking, trying to figure out, learn some songs. And I was just looking for easy songs. I wasn't mm-hmm. looking for, you know, songs I knew necessarily. Just the easier ones. I'm trying to get $5. Long story short, I think where you're headed was uh, one Sunday night in our, our church, the pianist did not show up. And uh, this, the backup pianist didn't show up. And the deacons were all together praying before the service. And Brother Don, our pastor at the time, said, man, we're kind of in a bind. We don't have anybody to play tonight. And so it looks like we're just going to have to sing a cappella. My dad said, well, my, my word, Kevin knows some songs. He knows uh, how Amazing Grace, all the songs. He just have him do it. And, of course, I was about 12 years old at the time. And he said, you sure? And so, yeah. So he said, hey, Charlie, was a youth, our music guy. And he said, hey, get Kevin, he'll, he'll, he knows some songs. Let's do his. And so he said, how many you know? And I said, I know four. And he goes, great. We'll do the first three, you know, and then the fourth one, you just do that for the offertory. And I said, but he goes, no, no, look, what, what are they? And I said, it's Amazing Grace, Fountain-Filled Blood, and Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name. That's what it was. And, and I said, in the fourth one, he said, no, I don't care. Just offertory. Just play it. It doesn't matter. And I said, but and he goes, just play it. We've got to go. It's five minutes till the service. Let's do it in that order. And I said, okay. So we did Amazing Grace. It went real well. It was real funny. You see my mom and dad, they were just they were so, so proud of Oh, my son. word, man. This is, this is what we had prayed for, you know. Second song, it was going down. I had the runs in and a whole bit. It was, I was wearing it out. Third song, you know, Jesus, Jesus, something about that name. I mean, we created such a worshipful atmosphere. It's a great Sunday night service. Then it came to the offertory, and they finished the prayer, and he just looked over at me and like, go. And okay. <laughs> and then I started playing a, Sun goes down on a silky, silky day. day. Quarter moon walking through the Milky Way. You and me, baby. We could think of something to do. It's the right time. It's your podcast. Yeah, it's the right time of the night for making love. Right. You played that in a Baptist church on Sunday Yeah, night. there was more movement in the offertory than they'd ever had. Your dad couldn't talk about that for you. No, for, years. for years he was so mad. He, I said, "Look, it's not my fault. They knew the words of the song." <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man, uh, that that's funny. That's and, typical of my life. Things uh, like that happen. One time, I had to bring that up to your dad. Brought it up to, and he, and he he still turned red about it. Yeah, well, it was just like it was like it was real funny. My dad has such a high view of the obviously of church, of church. Yeah. and he has a very high view of the pastorate. So, like when uh, they called me about Nam. Uh, the North American Mission Board. He said, uh, um, "Oh, that's." I told him, "Dad, they're looking at me to be president." Oh, that's, that's that's good. So, can you do that and pastor? And I said, "Oh no, sir, it's a full time job, and you know I have to move to Atlanta." And so, oh, okay, well, so you're not going to be a pastor? I said, no, "Well, no, not if they elect me." And so, the day I called him, I said, "Hey, Dad, they just elected me to be president of the North American Mission Board." And he says, "Well, well, well that's that's good. That's good. You going to sell your mower?" <laughs> that's all he had for me you know you're gonna sell you more you want my riding more not too impressed uh, well you started out tell me about your first church first church you pastor yeah the first church i pastor was in uh, fort worth texas um you were a student at southwestern yes i voted in seven to zero my only unanimous call and uh we actually don't underestimate it we were on tv um on uh, 
uh, on a national TV, actually. Um, we were on the show, what, what you going to do when they come for you? You know, cops? <laughs> <laughs> actually, we really were. You really cops. were. We really were. <laughs> and uh, it's a real rough area of Fort Worth. And uh, so they voted me in 7-0. We grew to 50. We're the fastest growing church in Fort Worth two years in a row. That's a great percentage. Absolutely. That's why I tell Jimmy Draper all the time. He was at Euless at the time. Right. I said, hey, when you were there, I was blowing smoke right past <laughs> you, baby. <laughs> uh, and uh, from there you went to? Yeah, uh, from there I went to Hartsville, Tennessee. And it was my very first full-time church. Ran about 80. And uh, and it was that's where, uh, you know, it was uh, – it was a real country tobacco growing mm. area. And I remember one time I went to, um, you know, I went to a cattle auction to get to know people. I was I'm very relational. I was looking for everybody and they were all at the cattle auction on Tuesdays and walked in there in my sweater vest and khakis and, you know, they all stopped and everybody stopped. Even the cow looked at me like, <laughs> what are you doing here? And next time I went back, uh, I was trying to connect with people. So I got a Tootsie Roll, put it in my lip, you know, <laughs> styrofoam cup. And started connect. They they thought it was funny. Like this guy will do anything to connect, you know. Yeah. So, but it was a great time. We were there two years, and uh, I mean, we were there about two and a half years. And then went to Marion, Illinois, for five years, and then went to Highview for fourteen, and to Nam now for almost nine. I met you in I want to say nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Yeah. Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ronnie Floyd hosted a a get together for young pastors. To yeah. Come. Yeah. Sort of be discipled, yeah. right? You had to be recommended by one of the big guys in the SBC to go to that. Yeah, uh, I remember I could look around that table in my mind's eye and see Steve Gaines, yeah. president of Bellevue, former president of SBC, you, uh, Grant Etheridge. Yeah, uh, Kai Bowman. Kai Bowman. Yeah, uh, myself. Yeah, uh, it, it was you, – you had no idea in 1996 what God was going to do with our lives. No. I'd uh, just gotten to high view and and uh, uh, was in the midst of being uh, yeah all kinds of stuff. And I was uh, within a year of going to Southern. Yeah, it was really a, a, an incredible moment. And then we became friends and uh, just watched uh, your kids grow and you develop. But, yeah, uh, it's well, just a it's a great thing to see God's hand on you. Well, you're you're kind, but it was it was really fun to as a as families, you know to. Yeah. To be able to root for your kids, and you root for mine. Most people don't know your your wife Tanya went uh, uh, went with my wife to adopt our very first child. Yeah, went to China. Yeah, she's uh, she was one the day they adop- they they picked her up in China, and uh, she just turned eighteen and uh, wow. senior in high school. Hard to believe that it's been been that many years. Yeah, yeah, and it's fun watching your boys go through. You know, you hosting. You know what the neat thing about? I always appreciate you. See, so you you're a doctor, York. You know fantastic preacher and professor and all uh but at the same time man you hosted youth events in your house bible studies <laughs> i remember, still remember that kid that came out of the, your your bathroom your, your your house was packed yeah he's like you don't want to go in there <laughs> <laughs> that, you know when you host youth events in your home uh, you just go with yeah, it. you roll with the, roll with it. Yeah, the guy that was in your hot tub that time and uh his parents showed up and said, we sure hope he wasn't in the hot tub. He'd been in there for like an hour. Yeah, they're like, goes oh, into goes seizures. Into seizures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's go ahead and call his attorney right now. Yeah. Uh, man, the life of the local church yeah. really is so important. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the front line of Christianity. Right. How So how much do you miss being a pastor? Uh, incre- incre- every day. And uh, I'm not overstating it. 
I really do miss it. Um, I miss it every day. It's it was uh, such an incredible calling in, um, just, just to be able to invest in people's lives. You know, I just had the opportunity to visit with a family before we uh, got on here that uh, I had pastored, and he's on his deathbed. But man, we went you know so many times. We played golf together and just knew all those little stories and fun yeah. things. You just watch people grow over fourteen years. And, and the, the life experiences they go through and just doing the journey together with them. You know, I, um, you know, some people pastor so they can preach. I preach so I could pastor. And yeah. uh, I just love that part. But you are such a leader. Uh, and as at the North American Mission Board, you're having to keep a lot of plates spinning and a lot of moving parts. Uh, what are key leadership principles that you uh, you employ as you – uh, do what God's called you to do there. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's just real basic. I've always tried just to surround myself with the very best people possible, you know, and and uh, that's why we have a guy like Johnny Hunt doing evangelism. I mean, he's, nobody runs in a battery like he does. I mean, he's incredible. Right. And so every, you know, every pastor, well, I found it is amazing how, how often guys will staff down. Um, I mean, trying to, I mean that by the leadership capacity so yeah. that, they feel a little bit more in charge. Adrian Rogers said it this way to me. He said, class A people hire class A people. Yeah. Class B people hire class C people because they're threatened. No, exactly. No, that is exactly the case. Yeah. And, well, and, you're a class A person because you, you do that. You've always surrounded yourself with great people. Right. And it shows. Uh, especially, nowhere is that more true than your wife. Right. Uh, Lynette is right. just a phenomenal Minister yeah. wife to you? She absolutely is. You've been married how long? We've been we've been married over 35 years. She, she not only is fantastic, she's very patient, you know, because, uh, I mean, the, um, you know, just the, the challenges of pastoring, but also um, transitioning to what I do now. Yeah. It's just been very different. Yeah. You know? and, and you have how many children? Uh, we have six kids, uh, uh, two married, and they each have three. I have six grandkids. And um, have uh, an oldest son is working on his MBA out in California. Then we have three children we adopted: uh, JM from the Philippines, Libby's from China, and Michael Lynn's from Your youngest uh, three Ethiopia. Are all, all adopted? Yeah, that's what we say. I have six kids from four different countries. You've heard me say that, but when yeah. we watch the Olympics, we win. You know, <laughs> uh, that's great. And <laughs> uh, so, how how challenging is it being a dad? while leading a big organization. Yeah. Do you ever feel conflict? Yeah, you know, we have some new basic rules, you know, like you're not allowed to Google my name, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's different. It is different because I, I, I work in an air, you know, in a sphere that they're not a part of. Right. And before, when I was in the church, they were. They could understand what I did. They knew your deacons. They knew your They knew everybody. Yeah, yeah, they grew up there. And so it was just natural. And then this is just, uh, you know, it's just very different. And and so uh, we've had to adjust there. It took a while to do that. Um, and, you know, they, they see, you know, you see uh, church from a whole different perspective there. So it's, it's been a little more difficult to get arms around it, honestly. I would think, you know, uh, well, in fact, I went through it. When I was a pastor at Ashton Avenue and I was my son's pastor. Mm. And then when we moved to Louisville, suddenly— yeah. You're their pastor. Yeah. I'm not their pastor anymore. Yeah. But I still wanted to speak into their lives spiritually. I mean, I, right. I, 
uh, it was important to me that they saw me in that role as well. Has that been a challenge for you with your kids? No, absolutely. And like I said, it's been the most difficult. And two, because I've, you know, a lot of Sundays now I'm gone. So uh, we've tried to trim that down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So it's not the case. But yeah, when two out of the four weeks in a month, you know, you're you're somewhere else preaching and you, you know they see it. and it's one of the most lonely times of sunday afternoon sitting in an airport waiting to fly home knowing my family had just gone to worship without me yeah the sunday afternoon they're without me i'll come in there around seven or eight exhausted on a sunday night and monday we start again and so i've tried to trim that back some but it's just the nature of what i do i gotta yeah i mean sundays is when you have yeah. to be with with mm-hmm. churches and conventions and all that right um so how do you uh how how do you keep your balance between being a, a man of God, a pastor, uh with but pastor sort of uh, at large right. and at the same time being uh over a multi million dollar organization? I mean, what's the what is there a balance there that you have to work to strike? Yeah, I've there is you have to be very proactive and intentional with your time and uh you cannot just uh you can't wing it you have got to be proactive and intentional yeah and so um you know it's not as fun doing that way sometimes i mean it's on it's fun to live on the spur uh you just can't because of the nature of of you know what i do so one of the things that i know about you is your your extreme care with your own personal purity. Uh, you you don't even like to travel alone. You like to take someone mm. from Nam with you. Right. Uh, uh, there's a lot of criticism these days about the so-called Billy Graham rule and all that. Tell yeah. me your thoughts about that. Uh, sure. I, we you know we did an extensive study years ago and just found if you're never alone with someone from the opposite sex, there's a real high probability you're not going to have an affair. <laughs> That's and a that's a it spent a lot of money took on a that big one. study to come up with that, did it? <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, yeah, some of truth. it's just it's just like baseball. They put a warning track in the outfield on purpose. My so, wife, my wife Tanya says, if you're never alone with someone, you'll never get naked with them. Yeah, yeah, and that's just the truth. It's, yeah, you know, I mean, that's another way to say it. The the world, <laughs> yeah, the world is uh, critical of that these days. Oh, I know, I know, but you know, as I always tell folks, I'd rather be. They're like, well, you're being legalistic. He said, you know, I probably, I probably am. But I'm also employed, you yeah. know, and so it's sometimes I don't I, I think, uh, uh, you know, there are places to be legalistic. And yeah. the thing is, I just I, I'm trying to do it, protect myself and also to protect others. I've I lived through the damage. My last two churches I pastored, I followed men who had fallen. Yeah. And so I've seen the ugly and established some of the um, principles that you're referring to, you know, at Highview because we'd come out of a guy who'd fallen the church has seen the ugly side of that and said, look, you know, I, mean, I remember being a staff meeting trying to train guys how to hug and how not to hug. Yeah. And they're like, this, this is ridiculous. Said, no, it's not ridiculous. I just Sunday you hugged someone and their feet left the ground. I mean, that's totally inappropriate. Yeah. And um, and so, you know, sometimes we just forget the basics and, and guys. You know, I'm I'm proud to say this. Uh if anyone ever made a moral accusation against you, I would know. I would tell them you're a liar. I've never seen anybody so careful with themselves, morally and spiritually, as you are. And huh. you, you are a great blessing and an encouragement to me. Huh. And frankly, 
we just need more like you. Man, it's it's been so grievous watching so many guys fall. Yeah. It's it it's messed with me. I don't know if yeah. it messes with you like it does with me. I uh, I mean, I, I just want to finish well. It becomes right. the dominant prayer of my life. Lord, let me finish well. I, right. I don't want to mess this up. No, and I think what's amazing, too, is you, it, the list is not the people that you would have predicted. No. That's, that's why right. everybody, they fool themselves, say, yeah, it never happened to this. And the, the people who it happens to, you just never dream. And you remember, you and I were in a room when we talked to, we, we yeah. walked a pastor out of that, trying to help him. Yeah. Restoration. And I said that when is the moment when is the moment yeah. you knew that this is happening? Yeah, I remember his answer. I remember yeah. him describing so she, it in great detail. Yeah. She jumped on the back of the motorbike and put yeah. her hands around my waist. That's and, right. Mm. And uh You just don't why it's yeah. so stupid. You know That's right. With his wife sitting right there. Right there. Yeah. Uh yeah. Telling well, him to do it. Yeah. You know? Right. Like, oh, go on, y'all go ahead. Yeah, like, uh I don't know. It's yeah. just Got, pastors have got to, if they don't model that. You know what was interesting at Highview when we did that? We had uh, uh, CEOs of different companies. I had one of the highest guys at Kroger implement it in his own business. No spiritual. Uh, it's just stop the office drama. And yeah. he said it actually worked, you know, of not going uh, alone with someone of the opposite sex. Always take a third. And um, yeah, and so it's just some real practical things. That's right. It's not, it's not, we don't, we're not denying anybody opportunity to do all that they can do. We're, we're protecting them, protecting ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it, it's a, it is a great, great habit. Well, to put so much effort and preparation. I mean, you, you see, you've invested in thousands of students that have gone through Southern. Yeah. I mean, so much preparation and so much sacrifice to do the preparation for their families to go through all that and to throw it away. You know, I, I just don't understand it. Well, we're fighting a battle with, you know, pornography right. uh, that is just so rampant and so available. Right. And uh, the assault of our culture. Uh, and you know it's only pornography if you pay for it, right? Yeah, right. That's what I had a guy tell me once. Oh, man. I was like, you know, it, uh, this is, uh, there's just not a week that goes by that I don't deal with a pastor, right. a student, somebody in ministry that is trapped by pornography. Right. And it is a constant battle to keep ourselves pure. Right. You no, know, we, we just have to. But the Lord Jesus deserves it. Yeah. And, uh, and we have to always know that sin crouches at the door. Right. Uh, it's, a, it's a constant battle. Well, I like to conclude all my interviews with what I call the twinkling of an eye around and just ask some quick oh, questions. And just, you know, I get nervous on tests. You know that. Yeah. Well, this is just what, what, what you think. So it right. shouldn't take that long. Uh, <laughs> all right uh favorite vacation spot uh mexico beach florida uh do you have a sugar stick sermon it, it used to be mexico beach florida oh. it's not there anymore oh the hurricane so oh i didn't know that yeah do you have a sugar stick sermon um uh i don't think so i wouldn't see i wouldn't consider mine very good <laughs> Well, do, do you have like uh, so, so now that you? I have some I, I really enjoy doing you, you, more. I'm freer with some. Than you it. don't come yeah. up with a new sermon every time you preach. Not every now time. That you're no. Not pastor. no, no, no. Okay. Uh, uh, if you could go anywhere in the world right now and take your wife, where would you go? Oh man, it's a great uh, Cabo San Lucas. Yeah, I love Cabo. That's one of your favorite places. Uh, I know it is it Cabo is, San Lucas. It is one of my favorite places. Uh, what secular writer? do you read do you like 
you know, good to great. I was thinking of uh, Pat, uh, Lincioni, a lot of okay. the death by mating, all those. All right. I don't know if he's a believer or not. That's why. That, that's all right. Okay. That's, that's why I said secular. Uh, what uh, what preacher feeds your soul to listen to? You know, um, if he, I, I always loved uh, some of the, the older guys with yeah. uh, Dr. Rogers. And, yeah, man. And, I mean, it's just hard to – I just – I loved him just because of uh, who he is. Who he is, you yeah. know. And I still, I still have those like, cassette tapes. And uh, uh, I'm, I owe my first two pastors to love worth finding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what uh, you made me lose my question there with that one. That's a whole <laughs> not a discussion other, question. That's is a whole other direction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what uh, pastoral leader do you want to emulate? Like, is somebody influenced you? Yeah. Um, who? Uh, pastoral leader again. I go. I go back to Doctor Rogers because uh-huh. he was just very firm and he let me spend the day with him once. And yeah, and man, same here. Learned so much about him. Yeah, uh, he, he he could teach more. Yeah, I mean, and then once you knew just to what to watch for him, he he mentored you from a distance. You learned so yeah. much from him just watching the way he did things. Yeah. Can you tell a key thing that you learned from him? Oh like, yeah, I, I can tell you some. Oh, absolutely. Right just what? how he handled people. How he, you know the people that come up after service and that sometimes are the. Uh, cling a bit or yeah. want to give you something and hey give this back to me and yeah. I remember him telling I guess now, now are you giving this to me or are you let me borrow it yeah he said borrow it and he said well then you keep it yeah and he goes no I want you to see it and he said then give it to me which one is going to be yeah, yeah. I, I learned that I learned uh, he, he told me he said always look at the person you're talking to it doesn't matter if there's 20 people standing in line yeah he said yeah. if you do that every week they'll all learn that they'll get their time with you yeah. if they're willing to wait yeah. But you give that person all your attention. Yeah. And to this day, I do that. You know, he was so gracious. Uh, I remember one time when I was going through a tremendous difficulty at IVU, our calling on a Wednesday night. And and he said, uh, he said, I'd be glad to to, uh, to come up there and talk to your deacons if you need me to. And I was like, well, you know, yeah. thanks, Dr. Roger. I think I got this. But Yeah. What a man. Oh, to take time to do that. What a man. You know? I, I'm convinced that. There will never be another like him. All I right. think he uh, he was the Elijah of the the of the last one hundred years. Just nobody yeah. like him. No, there really wasn't. Uh, and I think our evangelicalism hurts for someone like that. Right. Again, the stature and the integrity and the voice of that man. Oh, absolutely. Oh. Well, uh, that's not much of a twinkling of an eye around because we got Sorry. sidetracked. No, that's on me, uh, on Adrian Rogers. But what what a great man! Uh, I've got to say this: I have students when I mention Adrian Rogers who do not even know no. who he was. No, I know. So I would say to any viewer out there, if you don't know who Adrian Rogers is, please uh, Google him and mm-hmm. watch or listen to his sermons right now. Yeah, just a great man of God. Right. Um, and he was in private everything he was in that pulpit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and just a godly Yeah. God you talking about a guy who pursued holiness too. Yeah. I mean, my yeah, word. Yeah, he did. Well, Kevin, I want to say this. I've been your friend for a lot of years and uh know you inside and out, and you're one of the men I most admire in this world. And you are a, a man of God and I trust you with my life and my wife and uh I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful to be your friend, grow go through life with you. I'm so glad God's got you where he is. I know it takes a toll on you being president of a large organization like that and missing the pastorate, but 
man, God raised you up for such a time as this. I'm grateful. Well, thanks. Thank you for being with me today. I'm Pastor Well. I appreciate you much. So I want to thank all of you who listened today to Pastor Well. I hope that you will subscribe if you've not already done so on your favorite podcast app. Watch us on YouTube. And we'll see you again next time on Pastor Well.